I don't have a bit to start opening it up with. Just go for it. Welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited. The oh, show. God, I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Give me a moment, please, and take out that trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. <laughs> the show where me, Joe. And me, Kayla. And our guest, Alex. Go to the cinemas in search of movies that can and hopefully are hot trash. Caleb, what did we see this week? Well, so you may have noticed the theme with the last couple episodes. We're, we're really in the summer of horror here. And so why not visit the new Alfred Hitchcock himself, M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> with his newest movie. Old claim. Old. What happened to her? Body has decomposed. How quickly can that happen? Seven years. But she just died. Wait, where are the kids? Front, Kara! Come here! Hey, have you seen my children? Mom? I'm I'm right here. <laughs> Dad, why are you looking at me like that? What's happening to us? My daughter just turned six two weeks ago. Mom. Whatever's happening to us is happening very fast. You have wrinkles. Yeah, I, M. Night certainly made a name for himself with his rise, his fall, now his uh, stance of mediocrity. The the Shyamalanisans. <laughs> <laughs> for reference, we were we were talking about the Shyamalan movies we'd seen. Uh, all of us have seen Last Airbender. Yeah. And that that's it for me. That's it for you. <laughs> I think and so. Unless there's one I don't know. Signs. I've seen signs. And that's it for me. Unbreakable and Glass. I feel like by the time we were getting into movies, it was already common knowledge that he was a hack. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, unless we go back to those, uh, probably not a hack. He was just he. he yeah, yeah. He, he had a rough streak. He had two good movies, and then has he had a good movie since? I don't know. I didn't see the visit. People like signs. He made Split. I, yeah, I mean, if Split's anything like Glass, it's not good. But uh, the, what the past doesn't matter. We shouldn't be spending time in the past. We should be thinking about the future. No, the, but the Caleb, life, you but spend no, too much are. time thinking about the future. She spends too much time thinking about the past. Well, when you're older, then you'll understand. <laughs> That's the sequel title, by the Old-er. way. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hyphen and everything. I can't wait for eldest. <laughs> Old, oldest. So, uh, the premise of old is his family's on a vacation getaway to this remote little uh, paradise, and they get to go to this special beach that a couple other guests go to. When it's revealed. Things are kind of creepy. Their children are rapidly aging. Everybody's rapidly aging. Uh, That's the basic premise of the movie. There's really not much more to it other than everything's getting older. Yeah, it's uh, surprisingly simple, yet there's so much packed into it. There's a lot. To to dissect. I'm going to start with the acting because I feel like that's the most obvious place. And I'm sorry, M. Night Shyamalan jokes might be getting a little old. (laughs) There it is. But... (laughs) Has this man ever met a human being before? Okay. I don't believe so. He certainly doesn't act like one, I assume. mm, And his actors certainly don't act like them. In defense, (laughs) 
It's the adults who are the worst offenders. I think your kid cutting the children slack because they're literal child actors. I don't I don't cut children slack much. They, you can probably compile like a compilation of all times I'm calling out bad kid actors, especially compared to these adults. I think some of the writing, yeah, a little bit weird. Uh, Trent being like the special one, like where he's he he acts a little older or whatever. That's a little too on the nose. See, I don't that, know. That's I, someone thinking this is how kids act. I don't know if he's supposed to be gifted or on the spectrum or just... M. Knight has not seen a child since he was one. I would believe all three. And I don't think his acting is the reason. I think it's purely the writing and the stuff he's having to deliver. I think all of them are acting like pretty good kids for the most part. No, the writing, the acting, the direction, everything about this, this is what an AI would write. If you're like, AI, write dialogue. (laughs) I had a computer read 30 M. Night Shyamalan scripts, and this is what it came up with. I don't know, man. I don't watch the Summer Olympics. (laughs) Favorite joke. I think that's the through line through the movie. We'll start to pick into like the individual stuff, but like just throughout, do not expect to go into a movie where you are rooting for human beings. You are rooting for shells who are moving around and acting like human beings. You know, we just watched American Psycho, Joe. You Uh, know his line about how he has all the characteristics of being a person, but he isn't actually a person? Yeah. That's all the characters. No, I'd argue they have even less characteristics. He's acting acting like a pretty normal guy in this, like, made-up world. This isn't an American Psycho review. But these people aren't acting like humans, and they're not acting like anybody else at the resort who actually do act normal. I don't know. I think you're you're going a little hard. I think the first half of this movie is a trip. Both I agree. In what's going on, in how it's acted, in the character, just the characters, the setting. That's also kind of what makes me enjoy the movie. So just, I'm only talking about positives from here on out. Alex, what do you have about it so far? Oh, I was just about to say that I kind of agree with him. Everything just feels really like hollow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the first half especially. You know, and, and like that's, I guess why I haven't said so much so far is because like I'm, I'm still trying to process it because it is just such a train wreck but it's also like enjoyable at the same time that it's really hard to like pin it down for me yeah that's kind of where i lie it's just like i had a good time and like i never like looked at my phone it's been a while since i've actually been able to do that in a movie especially like one of these like movies that we're specifically doing to do an episode about not you specifically Mm. but but alex does go to almost every movie we see yeah whether or not he's on the podcast so he suffers through everything we suffer through yeah for the most part (laughs) and this there was well there was a lot of visual suffering Well, good. Let's Most talk of the about, suffering was good. Let's talk about the cinematography. I will say every shot in this trash. is executed as well as can be expected for what he is trying to do. I mean, that's none fair. None of it works. That's the thing right there is none of it makes any sense whatsoever. It's just they want to, instead of doing hard cuts, they want to like be able to pan across to a different place and pan back, which in theory is a decent idea, but when you see it like 200 times over the span of two hours, this it's man loves grating. his pans. He loves his steady cam, the part where they're playing freeze tag. Like, yeah, that's really well shot. Good job. Don't see what that adds to the movie. I think you're going a little hard <laughs> on it again. Like it's, it's like half and half. There's some really bad moments. Like every every time they're doing the spin thing, like it's it's a thematic thing. I get it. Oh my god, when it did it, he's going twice. a little he's going a little too fast. Where some stuff's like in focus, but some stuff blurring together. But then there's really good ones where he's kind of going with the tide at one point. I'm like mm. that that one looks good. There's some car shots that are uh, tracked a little differently. Where I'm like, man, 
Normally, when I'm noticing cinematography like this, it's because it's really bad. And there's moments like this in this movie. But there's a lot where I was noticing, like, man, that's different and cool. That's the thing. He has talent. He just has really bad ideas. <laughs> and no one tells him no. I just think it's half and half. Also, he makes some questionable decisions. And others, I, they're questionable, but they work out for him. All right. So how do you feel about how they uh, how they show the premise? How they, like, reveal that this is the old beach? It's hard, because I know... I, I knew, We've seen the trailer so many times. It's it's a silly concept too. So like, I'm mean, you're waiting for it to happen the entire time. But when they do, and I, I know it's like it's gonna start happening. I don't know who's gonna happen to first. If it's just the kids that are gonna start aging, hmm. or if it's someone's gonna die, like the grandma or something. But he does a good job and just like, okay, something's off kilter. Obviously, like everybody's acting weird. Why can't we see everybody's faces? I don't know. I thought he was doing pretty good at that point. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's that's pretty much what I went into it expecting that there would be a lot of like like one of the shots in particular is when the boy and the other couple's girl they both like become adults and it's it's only showing their backs while they're talking to each other. Like, yeah, that's good, and like that makes sense that they would like you know do it that way because you're like, okay, you can see how these people are physically different, but you haven't like yet seeing the identifiable part of their face to like actually know that you're yeah. introducing the new voices. And I do respect that this does not rely on digital, like de-aging and stuff like that. While the makeup is not necessarily can like convincing most of the time, I, they're only doing the that shifts, on the adults. Too. Yeah. The shifting mm-hmm. between the child actors and the casting of the child actors is well done. Oh, enough. every, those are, that's all believable actors who is like, yeah, that's what they could have looked like when they were younger or, or, yeah. or older. Like I thought, especially Trent, the son, every single actor was like spot on. Mm. Maddox was more iffy, but well, she also her, only had like two growth spurts. Her, I believed until uh, they got to like the final adult form yeah. for her. She looked a bit too different from the other ones yeah. where I was like, okay, this kind of takes it me out like a little. It was like the same haircut and just pale complexion, and that was all. Yeah. Really, the facial characteristics were a little too different. By that point, you're keeping up with so little characters that they might not have thought it was that important, mm-hmm. too. What we think, let's start diving into these characters, because we've mentioned how they act. We've mentioned how they're revealed. Um, we've got three families. We've got our main family, which has uh, Phantom Thread Lady, who is a very good actress, not in this. Priska, I believe her yeah, name is. Yeah, Priska. We have the dad who's an insurance guy. guy. Yeah, who's an insurance auditor. I assume he's a very good actor. Not in this. Then we have, for the bulk of the movie, Alex Wolf and Thomason McKenzie are playing the kids. Yes. Then the other family, there's a crazy <laughs> doctor man. Charles. <laughs> Charles. Who, who's just really obsessed with this movie. <laughs> he, like, I'm not quite Marlon sure. Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson. He never figures it out. Yeah, no, I figured it we out. We looked with a it up. In the you, looked, you looked it up. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't figure it out. You just looked it up. I kept trying to. Sorry, this is tangential. I kept trying to make that connection to like, okay, how is this gonna thematically tie in? Never does. Yeah, kind of. I mean, the the poster said like one who steals, one who kills, and he accused the guy of like potentially steal, stealing, and then he killed him. Oh, that was. I mean, I still think it's dumb. But oh, I'm sure <laughs> that was, that I'm was sure the only M. thing Night, that I was like, "Is that how it connects?" M Night's he, jumping for joy that you figured it out. He probably is. I, I, I got you, M Night. I got you, M Night. He is probably the most entertaining character because he has some form of like early onset dementia or yeah. something. But also, you can't tell if it's 
like what all is the dementia and what all is him just being like a paranoid asshole who's also racist because there is the best care his family there's the wife who's obsessed with beauty there's their daughter who gets pregnant and that's super weird and then there's, there's his mom that croaks best character on the island though yes. mid-sized sedan, sedan baby he is, he is a rapper who is at that beach before all the families got there. Uh, his lady friend. His fling, yeah. Yeah, his yeah. fling. They went to the beach the night before. She she swam into the ocean and drowned. Yeah. Because uh, the at ocean this point, be doing that. At this point, you don't you don't know what's going on. But mm-hmm. She drowns and then her body rapidly decomposes after they after it washes up. And uh, he tells you early on he has a mess. So he's just got, he's got like blood clots. He has this constant nosebleed through the film and he's, he's pretty out of it throughout most of the movie, but he's wildly entertaining. He's so fun. He doesn't seem to be trying that hard, but I think that almost makes him the best actor in the movie. I would say so. I think they're, they're trying to throw you for a loop because you, I don't think anyone suspects that he's a part of it. Or anything when they see this movie mm-hmm. but that maybe they think it's affecting him differently like why has he got these no nosebleeds that are just always happening we're, we're talking about this character super seriously i think we need to bring it back to the core of his character his name is mid-sized sedan <laughs> <laughs> he has my he has my favorite introduction like to robert or something they say his real name no they don't because uh no, what's no, his they name jaron yeah freaking jaron jaron asks <laughs> tells you his name and like he tells times. him my name is mid-sized no, sedan no, when he goes off with uh He's maddox he tells her. He's credited as midsize sedan. That's but all I yeah, know. He goes. He he tells her his real name. It's like it's like Robert or something like that. Still, it's just so funny. Oh, it's a silly name. And the, I agree with the you. The way he's brought in is he's just like sitting, brooding on this rock, and then just the daughter all of a sudden goes, "Wait a second, that's midsize sedan." <laughs> She's probably into TikTok. I assume he's all over TikTok. His music's probably gone viral a couple times. Probably, on it. yeah. <laughs> I just, I like to imagine that like Lil Nas X is on the beach and he refuses to give people like, he refuses to say his name's Montero. No, it's Little Nas X and you will address me as such. <laughs> a little bit later, this husband and wife come in. Jaron, as previously mentioned, he's a nurse and he likes telling you his name. He loves it. And there is his wife who loves telling you that she is a psychiatrist. She, she's epileptic. And her sister. She's epileptic as... Uh shown earlier in the movie yeah and all all of these conditions matter to the big twist phantom thread prisca she has a tumor yes which we there's get. all there's all varying degrees of health issues between the groups not everybody has them but a, a member of the family has it can we talk about the tumor scene yeah weird scene so Prisca, as all these characters age, her tumor gets worse. There, and this is at the point where they're kind of realizing what's going on. They're yeah. realizing mm-hmm. everybody's aging a lot faster. And so Jaron and Charles have to remove the tumor. Now the problem is, is that all cuts like heal super quickly. Like any short-term injuries heal. Long-term injuries, like chronic conditions, like being racist or having a tumor. <laughs> Not so much. Anyway, so they cut her open. They have to hold apart her skin and they pull this out. Charles is super excited about this tumor. And then they. Wow, it's the size of a cantaloupe. And then they are surprised (laughs) that it's attached to something. Now, I am not a. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it was like muscle tissue specifically. I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that cancer grows on cells, right? The cells mutate and then it grows and that's the problem. Tumors aren't just floating around. Yeah. (laughs) Is that how they decide how people have cancer? Like in in Breaking Bad, did the did the doctor just pick up Walt 
by the chest and just shake him around <laughs> to hear if he had tumors in his lungs. Wait, I think I hear something. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you, you, you threw me off a little bit during that scene where you're like, why is, why is the wound heal but the cancer doesn't? It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's like clear that it's yeah, like... Yeah, no, I, I, that makes enough sense, I guess, but they made it seem like the cancer was not a big deal. It wasn't when they got there. Yeah. And then since it let, went untreated because they're rapidly aging, they're rapidly aging on this beach every hour is two years. They she, determined that through decomposition the and the kids. the kids and of course the best scene or the weirdest scene the scene that definitely shouldn't have been in the movie the pregnancy oh my god yeah <laughs> it really didn't need to be in there it's such a weird <laughs> off-putting scene mm-hmm. it's no i just got fat well see they the kids they start talking about like they they kind of realize what's going on as they're getting older they still have the childlike mentality and they're going through puberty but they're going through puberty so they're feeling way different i i assume when they were playing like they had sex and like just didn't know what was going on that's that's what's implied because they don't actually show a lot in this movie you just see the repercussions of a lot of Mm -hmm. things alex wolf does say that he knew what was happening but he thought it had to happen 10 times Oh, I, <laughs> really? that part. I love that. That's pretty great. That's, yeah. pretty that's great, a nice actually. detail that a child would think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's actually really good. I like that they did it this way instead of just like all of a sudden she's pregnant. Because that would make no sense at all. You know, I would like more her not be pregnant. It's kind of weird. Okay, so I did a little research before going into this movie today. This is based <laughs> off I figured a out how novel. babies are made. What? This, is, this is based off a graphic <laughs> novel. Oh my word, new all new 52 episode. (laughs) And uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of it lines up like in what's actually going on. He's changing some stuff like the twist isn't in the graphic novel. And like thematically, it's just very different. Apparently I just, Mm. I just looked up what happens in the graphic novel. I wasn't trying to figure out what goes on in the movie. And the baby scene does happen there. The baby survives is the difference. So I don't know if this was him changing what he was adapting or calling back to it or, or what. I just want to say, we had a very nice message from M. Night Shyamalan at the beginning of this movie. As, Welcome back to the theaters, as, as the many directors have been yes. doing lately. Um, and he said that he's been giving us, for over 20-something years, original thrillers. Well, if you're basing this off of a graphic this novel, is, sir, I'm, well... This is only sir, one of his only movies that's... Last Airbender. <laughs> yeah, this is one we've of his only movies, this. other than Last Airbender, that's uh, like an adaption of something. So the movie, the movie progresses, people get older... People start dropping, um, some literally falling from cliffs as they black out and dying. Some, uh, you know, more figuratively, like being stabbed a bunch of times. And But there are two deaths that I think really stand out in this, and that is Charles's death. He is attacking our, our main adult couple, and um, one of them with a rusty knife. Prisca. That they, yeah, Prisca, with a rusty knife that she found on the beach, cuts him. And he is eaten from the inside out by the rust? What exactly happens there, Joe? I think it's supposed to be tetanus. Then, okay, how does it's this extreme adult... extreme tetanus. How does this adult well, man... Well, acting super fast. Like, yeah. But how, how does this adult man, who is a medical professional and is traveling internationally, not have his tetanus shot? Do tetanus shots expire? Well, like, how many times How many times have you gotten a tetanus shot? Okay, now, now we're getting into the weird logic of the time of the movie. Can we bring in the twist? Yeah, It'll sure, help sure. me explain this. So the twist is, like, you know, you find out that they're really, like, researching stuff for, like medical experiments so that they can make drugs that will help cure the world. And so I guess medicine just acts like it goes through its cycle real fast. 
even though like their body or I mean their bodies do, but like internally they don't seem to as much. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know, it's weird. Only leaves but... me with one other complaint, which is I'm pretty sure tetanus isn't like leprosy. Because this yeah. man Oh, the tetanus is definitely weird. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't <laughs> act that way. <laughs> this man slowly deforms and it's supposed to be kind of body horror-ish. It's the only time there's really that much digital effects in this. Mm-hmm. This and of course mm-hmm. the other death I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> but um I just want to open up with that because that's a nice little opener y'all kind of made it make more sense to me this other one it's working within the logic of the movie i think yeah this other one i i want to see if y'all can do that too because i think it's a little harder one of the women has a calcium deficiency which i hope you remember because she says it once at the beginning and then it doesn't come back till now. Excuse you. She says it, she says it twice in the same scene. Yeah, she says it. She <laughs> says it once. She says it again when she's all deformed too. Okay. Yes. So she becomes deformed, and she's <laughs> she's vain. That's like her flaw to the point where it's like, I really think M Night hates pretty people because of how much he makes her look ugly by the end of this. But she is, she's kind of trying to chase the kids away from her because she's so embarrassed by how she looks. So she picks up a rock and then drops it on her arm and her arm like breaks and like bends and then it heals back in that position. Mm -hmm. And then she just starts walking forward and all her bones do this till she looks like a contortionist and she dies. I can explain it. I can explain Go this. for it, buddy. Okay, calcium deficiency, that's bones. That is straight I, up bones. Yes, I know what calcium is. Okay, yeah, but, okay, so she, she explains that she has this very bad calcium deficiency. She has been there on the beach, time's going on. She's not getting the, the vitamins she needs. Her bones, they're gone at that point. They are not strong at all. They're very brittle. And she's like the age that she is at this point because it's like middle of the night when this scene's going on. 30 years had passed at that point or something like that, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Left untreated, a bad calcium deficiency like that. I'm not saying it would be to that extreme. This is this movie's trying I to I mean, be, it's it's definitely to a huge yeah, extreme it's definitely to in a that huge scene. Because it's like literally every bone breaks. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just like it's like she has what glass has in the uh in the yeah. movie Glass. But and his thing is in. his thing is that's a superpower. Like well, it's not a superpower, it's, it, but it's a super natural ability yeah same thing as how uh unbreak mr unbreakable is unbreakable um <laughs> <Mr>. unbreakable. <laughs> that's his hero name but like that i will buy it because it's a superhero movie this is not a superhero movie. they're just going for kind of a body horror moment and i thought it matched like it's not if i felt like those two deaths pushed what was a fairly grounded horror up until that point the grounded version of that scene would literally be like Maybe she breaks her leg or something and can't get up. And like that's it. Her tripping but over she herself. She just starts flailing around and her breaking tripping bones. over herself, I admit, is is like that that's where they pushed it. Her, the first arm thing happening, I'm like, that's interesting. He got greedy. He Let's got, he got greedy with way. it. Yeah. It looked like something out of it, not something out of old. Yeah. Now I say this, I do want to Pause it. Everything I'm talking about in this episode is a positive. I just want to remind you of that groundwork that I laid at the beginning. We haven't mentioned Shyamalan in this. I mean, he has a cameo. He's he's working for the bad guys and he shows up intermittently. He does this, I guess, because this is something Hitchcock did a lot. And Shyamalan loves Hitchcock. But Hitchcock's were a bus picking people up and he'd be late for the bus and then you'd never see him again. He never had a plot relevant part where he comes back and has many lines. That's what threw me <laughs> off. I thought he was just gonna be the bus driver, and that was gonna be it. When he when they show him on the uh, opposite like mountain, 
Mm. Just that super <laughs> zoomed in. Uh, oh, it looks awful. It, it looks it, like he wanted a new IMDb photo, <laughs> so he ma- wrote a whole movie around getting that shot. <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't take me out of it too much. It's, he, he only takes me out of it because I'm like, oh, hi, M. Knight. Like, I know you're going to do this at some yeah. point. Like, I don't think he was necessarily, like, awful acting in this or anything, especially compared to how some of these people were acting in the first half of the movie. I was yeah. about to say, I would like to remind you, there was a point where I turned to you and I said, oh, wow, M. Knight's the best actor in this movie so far. Yeah, at the beginning, it's at definitely the beginning. M. Knight kids, adults, like, in terms of ranking. Um, I think it actually stays that for most of the movie. <laughs> I don't know, M. Knight's pretty wooden. He's not exactly giving himself much to work with. But, you know, he, he is acting like he would act. And all the other actors are also acting like he would act, but he makes it seem natural. So I guess that. <laughs> and yeah, then the ending happens, and I'll be honest, I I don't think the ending's that interesting. It's like, you know, kind of dumb, twisty, twizzly yeah. twists, you know. It all makes sense within the story, and just, I think it's not told well. So going back to the original uh, graphic novel. Same deal. There's no twist with the uh, the company testing drugs or whatever. It's just a supernatural beach. They all age. Everybody dies off but the baby, and the baby can't get out, and it's grown up, and it's the cycle kind of starts over, but with this one person that's left. And, and I think that's a pretty interesting And it's kind of like thematically different, just in this is going for more like a horror thing, uh, like what's going on. The graphic novel is going uh, for a living in the moment, appreciating what you have and then learning this as they're rapidly aging and like losing what time they have left, which M which, tries to set up, which he kind of does. And I think it's, it's where I turned around on this movie and it's where I started to like it. Okay. Where through the bad, bad acting that Prisca has this entire movie and uh guy, the husband who's like on and off, he's pretty bad in the beginning, but once they get onto the beach, I think he does a better job. I think he's always bad with what, with what they're given, like as the, as the bar. And then they get to this point where it's only the, this main family left and the parents are just getting way older guys losing his sight. Uh, Prisca's losing her hearing and they're just having like, I've seen so many old people go through this where like they're doing all these uh, movements. Like Prisca's having like, turn one ear to see what people are doing uh just how they're acting at the end when they're like near the end of their life when they're like i don't even remember what i was yeah. mad at you about and if, like if you took the first scene and then the scene you're talking about and put it together you'd have a really good movie just those two scenes <laughs> that's it, it. There's nothing a, in the there's a really nice family <laughs> dynamic at the very end where they like they they kind of capture like the original thing. I don't know why I'm referencing the original well, so much. It, just as a reference yeah. point, I, I don't have any attachment to it or anything. Yeah. But just as a uh, good family scene, and then it kind of goes back into the horror, and Shyamalan has to have his twist. That scene is like specifically the moment where I was like, oh, in the middle of all of this, this is actually a really nice scene. Yeah. I loved that, that part of the scene. Like, really genuinely. Good. And then I was talking about the tide earlier. The, the father dies as like in a really just a really good shot of them like all like they're all together and then he falls it's, over yeah and then and then like the wife realizes she's dying i guess is what it is and she goes out and it just keeps following the tide and then it comes back and they've pulled her back into shore i think it's really well shot really captures what they're going for he's a talented guy this m night like i i say that genuinely i think he is a talented director that moment is great where was that in the other hour and 44 minutes or whatever of this movie? <laughs> I think this, this, this movie's very 50-50. It's got a lot of, like, the first half of this movie's a wild ride with some stuff that I think is good, a lot that I think is bad, but some of it's outweighing each other because not all of it is, like, horrible or anything. It's just questionable at the end of the day is what I think it is. 
And then the final twist is like, okay, it's not, it, it's kind of lame. Like the ending is a little whatever. Drawn out. Yeah. It's none of the stuff that I can, that I guess you would consider bad in this movie, I think is really that bad. It's just whatever. It's like disillusioned. So here's the thing. I really, I haven't seen that many M. Night movies, so I don't want to be like, this is what M. Night is. Mm-hmm. But man, like I would, if I had more time, I'd want to go through and see how many of his movies he just wrote. Like if he has any co-writers on any of his other movies, because I think if he got a co-writer, man, someone to clean this up, someone to make the dialogue a little bit more natural, even with the way he directs his actors, I think that like I could settle into that. But like he just needs to get someone Not even like a super talented person, just someone to clean up his script a little bit. The one, I guess, writing thing other than that scene uh, at night that I really liked was uh, I like how they kind of introduce the twist as if to make you think that they're doing the right thing. And then they just show, no, there's real real world consequences to that. And the entire thing's going to be shut down. Yeah, <laughs> Like, I like how it's, it was just like, no, this is bad. The, this definitely should not happen. Like, well, yeah, like... <laughs> It's they're not like full mustache twirling villains. Like they're they're trying to do this for the greater good at the end of the day. They're like they have a moment of silence for uh mm-hmm. they say test subjects, which you know kind of dehumanizes them a little bit. They're respectful murderers. They're, they're respectful about it. They have uh they have this cool like plaque that you can kind of miss with the founders of it where they're the ones who got to the beach for the first, and it's like the lost expedition because they got stuck there. I will, yeah, I will agree with y'all, and I'll give this to M. Knight. I felt more sympathy for these pharmaceutical workers than I do for anyone who worked on uh, creating the opioid epidemic. Those people just <laughs> knew they were evil and wanted to make money. These people actually want to cure people. So you know what? <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this whole time we've been on different wavelengths. And Very different. You've been you've been so good faith with this movie, and I just haven't. Well, this movie surprised me. I guess the pull it all back together i like this movie it was very i was very on and off on it but man like the ending didn't necessarily nail it but the the climax i think pulled it together for me have you have you realized how much you like it throughout the conversation because not to get into like our ratings like actual number ratings because those are kind of arbitrary yeah but you did give it like a semi-low-ish like medium tier rating there's uh, a lot of on box there's a just it's it's very like immediately from disliking something to really liking something back to being like, why? Like it's, and it's constantly doing that until, until that beach scene where it's on for a very long time. And like, I see what you're doing there. And like, you're kind of pulling it all together. And then again, and then that ending where I'm like, whatever, like you could have, you could have ended it with like staring out at the ocean or something. Like I really don't like ambiguous endings for the most part where it's like, I'll let the audience figure it out. I think it's really lazy 90% of the time, but I would have loved it here. Yeah. I, well, and it would have been thematic about accepting time and stuff like that. The yeah, but like, and he kind of missed that through a lot of the movie because it was set up to be a horror movie instead of like a character study, I guess. Oh, you didn't it's, say that. Is it? Hot it's trash? good. I yeah, think okay, it's good. good. Oh, yeah. I thought that was implied, but I wanted to get yeah. it on the record. I think it's hot trash, to be honest with you. <laughs> I thought that for the first half. I thought that. You see, I really think the fact the that it half. exists in the first half is a good example of that, though. It's just, it's so totally imbalanced. But, like, at the end of the day, all the things that I loved about it weren't just bad. Well, I mean, no, there were some good things that I said earlier that I genuinely loved. But all the things that I, like, mainly think about that I loved weren't just bad. They were utterly ridiculous. And I love that kind of thing. And so, to me, it's hot trash. Oh, this I is. I dig it. <laughs> I agree. This is such hot trash. Yes! I. I <laughs> 
I think like Joe, I, you were able to buy more into like the acting and the emotion in the second half. I feel like they are definitely trying, but just the foundation of the movie, like how inhuman everyone acts, the ridiculous uh, cinematography that like has moments where it works, but all that does is underscore how much the other moments don't work. Mm-hmm. That stuff at the resort is like so hokey. Like oh, yeah. that, the resort is such a horrible like starting point. I think that whole foundation, even onto the beach up until like we get the reveal of the wall called the main batch of kids, the Thomas and McKenzie's and all them. Like, I think all of that just completely ruins everything else. The fact that there's a character named mid-size sedan. No, we're talking about stuff that ruins it, not makes it better. And I'll bring it back for just a third time. Every problem I have with this movie is a positive. I was having a ton of fun with this movie. Mm, I was laughing throughout. So genuinely, like, I enjoyed this more than Escape Room 2, a movie that I will say is good. And like reminds me why we do this show. We have found the diamond in the rough. And you know what, M. Night? Please make quicker, make your movies quicker. We need more of these in our rotation. I realized I was uh, like at that, the beach scene at night. Everything takes place on the beach. Sorry, the family, the the final family scene. I've caught myself so many times trying to say something and be like, (laughs) you know, when they're on the beach. (laughs) Uh, That final family scene where I'm just like, I'm on completely different like wavelengths into. And then I was like, I'm so excited for this episode because I would never have seen this movie without this podcast. And maybe I'm not going to rewatch this movie or anything, but man, I just found this movie that I genuinely really enjoyed. Well, and you know, going back, like the foundation of this podcast was that summer we had movie pass and we were seeing something every week and we saw things that we would have never had the chance to see otherwise, like because of financial or just because of interest reasons. And like that, financial. Yeah. I'm not paying $20 to mm-hmm. see a trash movie. Yeah. Yeah. So like it just, I I'm really appreciative of this movie as kind of a thesis statement for why this podcast is not a terrible idea. Now, when we go see don't breathe Two or the night house or whatever else, I will probably the light switch will flip and I'll be <laughs> angry again. But for now, like I'm, I'm just really glad that I got to see this. Guys, this is great. I like this. Three Much buns, like uh, this podcast that was kind of totally all over the place with you talking about the negatives, me, me trying to save it, really wrapped together in a nice family style ending. So let's be a little dry at the end and you plug everything. Hey guys. <laughs> so all new 52, um, speak up all new 52. It's a comics podcast. Me and me and uh, Joe are on that one. And, um, star Wars therapy. That's me and Alex with our buddy, Steven. Heck yeah, um, brother. We touch about, fingers. We talk about star Wars. Woo. Um, also you can check me out on the snub club where we talk about, um, Oscar movies that had the most nominations with no wins each year. Um, and of course you can follow me everywhere at Caleb from the real world. Please rate and review hot trash unlimited. Do you guys want to plug anything? No. Okay, good. Caleb, you're getting a little wrinkly. Oh, no. <laughs> Joe. It's a skeleton. Joe, how long have we been recording? 40 minutes. Oh, no. Whoa. I think I've aged at least 42 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>